Hey, Gene, are you ready to be counted in? Yeah, dog. Ready in Chamesh. Arba, Shalosh, Stein. Oh, this comes out April 11th, April 13th. I'm at the uh, Stateside Theater at the Paramount as part of the Moon Tower Comedy Festival. And then uh, that's in Momston. And then I do one night only in Los Angeles at the Regent Theater, May 3rd. And then Minneapolis Tits has actually been moved to August because I'm doing something very special I'll be able to reveal later. May 20th and 21st, 21st. Uh, sperm vine california at the improv the improve and then june 4th the borgata in atlantic city new jersey boston massive huge tits at the wilbur june 5th washington dick come at the dc improv july 15th and 16th and then cleveland ohio at hilarities in august and then nashville tennessee october 6th 7th and 8th what an amazing time christina p online.com get your tickets get them now get them all taught listen I'm out of my mind. I've been up since four in the morning. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, I'm having. Um, so my three year old, he's gonna be four in July. Little Julian, I'm sorry, Sir is his legal name. We have to refer to him as Sir, which is psychotic, and it's lasted like three, three or four months now. Everybody calls him Sir. Even Ellis, when Ellis is mad at him, will be like, "Sir, I told you to put my toy down." Like. I think I understand this pronoun thing, you know, like it's my pronouns are. And I'm like, how did you get this already? Like, I would never told you about this, that you can just be called what you want. Um, so sir has been, uh, he comes into my bed. At, he came in my bed at four in the morning, which wouldn't be so bad if he would just go the fuck to sleep. But instead he starts making chit chat. There's a lot of conversation. Mom, 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 do I have to get married? No, you don't have to get married. You can live with mommy forever. Okay, good, because I love you so much. I love you. It's so cute. And then he's like, I had a bad dream. I'm like, I know. Shut the fuck up. Go to sleep. <laughs> um, I know. I'm always like, go to sleep. Go to fucking go to sleep. Uh, but yeah, he had to say, you know, whatever. He's he's into mom right now. It's it is a it is a real uh, edible phase. It is a real thing. Um, Freud, look it up, Oedipal, O-E-D-I-P-A-L, Oedipal phase of development that um, boys go through, girls go through the Electra complex, but that theory was kind of shut down, uh, whatever, no, it's not, I'm sorry, the, the, peni, the, the penis envy part of the Electra complex was kind of silly. All right, the Oedipal complex, also known as the Oedipus com- complex, is a term used by Sigmund Freud in his theory of psychosexual stages of development to describe a child's feelings of desire for his or her opposite sex parent and jealousy and anger toward his or her same sex parent. It's actually a very uh, important stage where your little boy is madly in love with mommy and has, wants nothing to do with dad. And my boys talk shit to Tom nonstop. Like, I, I hate you. I hate you. Get out of here. <laughs> and um, while very flattering... It's exhausting. Um, uh, he's almost four, and four is kind of when they snap into being 
more regulated. And then supposedly by five or six, they resolve this Oedipal drama of uh, of like that that mommy belongs to daddy and um, and yeah, you can't you can't marry your mom. You have to, unless you're on your mom's house and you can marry your mom. Um, that's where that that's why that's so taboo. You're supposed to resolve this. But where's Oedipus Rex as a play? And I'm forgetting who wrote. We Google Oedipus Rex. O e d i p. Oedipus Rex. It's a play. Sophocles. That's right. So Sophocles coined uh, made of the play Oedipus Rex, where he wanted to kill his father and marry his mother. And I believe he achieves that in that play. It's been so uh, long. It was on accident, though. Oh, oh, was that right? You remember went, this? Yeah, I remember learning this in college. It was, uh, I think it was that he was banished from living with his parents growing up, and he went away. And then when he came back, he fucked up his dad. And he's like, oh, who's this fucking hot chick? He fucks her. <laughs> and then afterwards finds out that it's his mom, if I remember correctly. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. What a great story. Gosh. <laughs> no wonder it really stood the test of time, huh? Yeah, it's a cool story. It's, that's that's it crazy. Is, There's a Korean movie called Old Boy. Yes, I like Old Boy. Yeah, that is that exact. Oedipus, I mean, not yeah. exact, but that's Oedipus pretty Rex. fucking it's, close. It's Greek mythology. They like a lot of those stories are just picked up by movies. Kids, let that's me great. tell you something. In case you haven't picked up on it now, everything is a retelling of Greek mythology. Everything is a retelling of Shakespeare. There is nothing new under the sun. Everything is the same fucking character archetypes. That's why we keep telling the same stories over and over and over and over because it's universal to the human experience. And, you know, ain't, ain't nothing new. We know that from fucking uh, Hollywood. Okay, the plot. The plot of Oedipus Rex is a straightforward interpretation of a Greek myth. When the king and queen of Thebes, right? Thebes? Thebes? Thebes. Thebes give birth to a son, Oedipus, an oracle tells them that their child will kill his father. To avoid this, the king, Laos, Laos is, orders the child to have his feet broken and then be left for dead. That's cool. That's a fucking play, though. Wouldn't you see that? It's way more interesting than the fucking bullshit I was watching last night. Oh, you have to fucking pay for this shit? Yeah. Fucking dumb. Yeah. But yeah, essentially, in the guy trying to escape his... Uh, Oh, right, because there was Tibius, like the prophet or something, right? That, I like, remember that. That told them that, like, oh, your child's going to kill you and fuck your wife. <laughs> so they banished the son, and then, yeah, and then the son's like, fuck you, dad, I am going to kill you, and then accidentally fucks his wife. Sweet. Yeah, there is something to that, too, of um, boys challenging their fathers. There's an age, right, where the, the, the adolescent boy um, tests the boundaries of his, their physical strength. Like you come to realize that your father, like maybe you could kick your dad's ass and there is a point where you can kick your dad's ass. And how do you reconcile that uh, differential in power? It's very interesting. You know, all these fucking uh, psychos out there that uh, say there's no such thing as gender. These are fucking idiots. Okay. You've never had a boy and you've never had a girl. Like it's, it's sorry. True. All this shit's true. Oedipus. All true. So how do you, like, uh, do you just kind of pat on the head until, like, they hopefully grow out of it? Like, you how do you... French your son. <laughs> <laughs> just make out with him. Um, yeah, you do, you, you, you... So, so what happens is, essentially, the boy is rehearsing love with mom. So, like, Julian's way more affectionate than Ellis was. So Julian literally will be like, Mom, snuggle, snuggle. And then we'll lay down and he'll just kiss, kiss, kiss me. And then, you know, snuggle, snuggle, huggies. So he's, they're practicing on you for future love partners. So yeah, if I'm rejecting, 
and like fucking stop it don't touch me um that can really cause some problems <laughs> i could see that happening i could see that causing some issues right so but my issue now is like i love him i want to model that great relationship behavior but i also would like to sleep at night so you know when this happened a year ago when he was getting out of bed and fucking around, we came up with the hall monitor, and he being the hall monitor. I'm trying to tell you, man. I know. I'm trying to tell you, I'll be there. I'll be there any time of night, any day. <laughs> I'll just be sitting there playing some games on my phone. What's up? Just waiting. What's up, bitch? Yep. So, so last time I built, um, well, I didn't do it. My my cowboys, who work on my house, do they? They built this the baby gates, double baby gates, right? So that they can't, he can't leave the room, and I'm like. Well, at three and a half, is that too barbaric? Because he's way more conscious now. Um, and I've tried threats of like taking the toys away. He could give a fuck. Like I've taken away his favorite van. I've taken away his favorite car. Um, but but also Google for a three-year-old because I'm wondering if, you know, what's the eight, a two, like they're so out of control that you kind of physically do have to restrain them. But like, I don't know how the fuck. Okay, here we go. I think I Googled this article this morning. How to respond. Okay, yeah, when you're three, won't get out of bed. Ugh. So don't put them back in the bed is what this person was saying because then it establishes that as a game. Um, and that's exactly what he's doing because even just to get him to go to bed initially, go to bed, go damn it, and he thinks it's hilarious when I'm yelling at him. Uh, when you ignore her and go to your own room, she still comes out of hers to throw toy. Yeah, of course, it's taking privileges or treats hold on go up go don't only about just doing that the next day haven't done anything even after two weeks it's so true and i follow through i take shit away okay incessant requests yes water food one more story one more hug this is so true okay what to do it's all too easy to get frustrated only to feel guilty for doing so it's not her fault but at the same time you're at your wits end and you don't know what to do uh okay here we go uh, expectations experiment with different techniques number one adjust your child's naps hilarious my children do not fucking nap they've never really napped hmm. next <laughs> they don't joke. nap at all dude ellis stopped napping like at 18 months he was like nah he's a psycho jesus and then juju yeah he knocked it off fairly early too but then do they sleep a lot at night well, I mean, not yeah. Juju. Yeah. <laughs> Normally, they would go to bed by 8, 8.30 and then wake up at 6.30 for school. Oh, that's pretty solid. Yeah. So, okay. Scroll. <laughs> Let's see. Set clear expectations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shut the fuck up. Uh, during the day, he's happy and receptive. Remind him about what happens during your bedtime routine. Yeah, I do that. I do that. So you say Reminding what's going to happen. Who's waiting outside if he fucks <laughs> up. Waiting in the kitchen. <laughs> I'm gonna be at different rooms too. You never know where I'm gonna be. <laughs> Nowhere safe except your room. Nowhere safe, bitch. After bad time, we'll read four books. I do this. Okay, scroll up, bitch. I set these expectations, and they still fuck around. Okay, take care of the excuses. I preemptively do all that horse shit too. Where's my water? I got you water. Your water's fucking here. I got you your blanket. I got you your lovies. Don't keep walking your child back into the room. This is what many of us have heard that the key to getting your child to finally stay in bed is to walk him back into his room. We're supposed to do this without fanfare, without consistency, no matter how long it takes. Well, let me tell you, your three-year-old will see this as yet another game to play. I know. Okay, so here's here's a solution. We got to do this again. Keep your child in the room. Remember yeah. when your three-year-old was a baby 
and stayed confined in the crib. You need to make sure the crib was clear of blanket, blah, blah, blah. And they can get in and think of his room as a wider crib. All right, here we go. We're going to have to do this shit again. Yeah, you just got to put locks on the outside of the door and then just lock it in. That's what they're saying, right? Hold on. The doorknob cover. Yeah, my kids figure that. <laughs> if your kid can't figure out the doorknob cover by the time they're three, your kid is fully fucking talked because, y- y- nah. They know they can figure this out. The kids are not stupid. I remember it confused me the first time I went here. Of course, like, yeah. How do I? <laughs> it, it keeps slipping. <laughs> Listen, Nadav, you're not the only one. Every baby proofing thing, I'm completely confounded by. Like the first two times, like how the fuck? And then you figure it out, and it's fine. Same with putting kid toys together. It is the cruelest thing. It's so evil. Like you bring your newborn home from the hospital. And then you're like, shit, I got to put him in something. Well, we bought that chair, didn't we? Yeah. Okay, we'll open up the box. Okay. Well, there's 50 different pieces. Fuck. We got to put this thing together. And you're so sleep deprived and you're so fucking tired. And now you have to cut open the box, unscrew the plastic pieces, figure out. It's like there needs to just be a line of children's toys. I think there's like one or two that are fairly simple. We're like, hey, all you have to do is open this box. You don't have to unscrew plastic or tape. or It's ready. And you don't have to put batteries in anything. That should be fucking illegal that they sell you a toy without batteries in it. It's so evil. Ugh. Okay. Here's what we're going to do. The baby, ca- the baby gates. Okay. That way the kids can still open the door but can't, couldn't get out. And yet another option is to turn the doorknobs backward so that you can lock it from the outside. This is Nadab's thing. Oh, I was saying that as a joke. I know, I think that's a little too yeah, cool. Yeah, that's a little crazy. <laughs> I don't like the idea of locking my kid in their room. I don't think so. I think it's not, I just. Yeah, I don't think that'll turn out too well. No, that's abusive. Okay. Yeah. Okay, scroll down. Let's see if there's another one. Check in strategically and frequently. That's the stupidest fucking thing I've ever heard. The minute you check in, they're like, I want another thing. I want another kiss. No, you, no. Okay, go down. This article blows. Okay, nights are extra challenging. Yeah, I know that. Okay. Would the, uh, would the like, hey, why don't you just lie down in bed and close your eyes for 10 more minutes? Could you do that? And then, like, is that a way to trick him into going back to sleep? Well, the problem is, so, so he gets out of his bed and runs into my bed. So this article is saying, which is the truth, is that if you go, nope, you're going back to your bed, and you get up and you walk them to their bed... That's not going to work because now he sees that as a fun game he can play with you and he'll just come back to your bed in 10 more minutes. So the secret is to just get them not to leave their bed in the first place. Right. Um, if, if it's if their brain is anything like mine, essentially you have to get them to want to be in there. Otherwise, it's just I'm going to find a way to get out. I'm going to mm-hmm. find a way. So there's no like, you know, lock or gate or rule I'll get around all those. You got to make me feel like I don't even want to leave this place. This is the place to be. I know, mm, but my, he's got a million loveys. He's got toys. He's got like. Is he in the same room as Ellis? Or yeah. do they have? Yeah. Oh, so it's down. like, a, so it's also like one of those things where it's like, you can't give him too much shit that might wake up the other one. And then you got double trouble. Mm, no, because once Julian falls asleep, nothing can wake him. Like Ellis will straight up play video games in his bed. Like, like total sounds and scream and Julian's passed out. It really needs to be a deterrent. Like with the three-year-old, 
Because I've tried the the taking away toys and that, and I follow through, and it just doesn't give a shit. Could you make it the job of the older one to be like, hey, tried if you that. keep him inside, then I'll give you, you know, whatever. I know, but the, he did. He does do that. Mm -hmm. But then if it's four in the morning and Ellis has passed out. Oh, I see. So I think I may have to build the double, the the crib gate, the gates. And that's just two <sighs> gates stacked on top of each other? Yeah. And it works as a visual deterrent because I didn't even ever have to actually lock Julian in. I just threatened him with that and that was enough. So I have a feeling I'm going to have to text my cowboy <laughs> and have I'm, them come back. I'm telling you though, if it's me, I'm climbing yeah. that eventually. I'm going to climb that shit. And he did. But that's why oh. you do doubles so that there's no way to climb. Like he literally cannot climb. Oh, but isn't that the same as locking your kid in the room? Might as it well is. put a lock on the door, right? It is, but the difference is it's I think they can see through the bars. Like you're not <laughs> you're not locking them to the point where like they don't see you or hear you or know what's happening. Right. The difference between a jail cell and solitary confinement, you're saying? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. Hmm. Um, what about what about like an alarm? that will get him in trouble like as in if he go if he <laughs> goes out it's, it's kind of like the hall monitor but like electronic so you have like a let's say a oh, ring alarm funny. on like the that. outside and then it knows or, or you can make it so the light turns on so he knows every time that light turns on now he knows he's in trouble because it caught him oh yeah and he like can't a get motion detecting mm -hmm. thing Ooh, and then if you see events at night you could be like hey uh, I saw you get this thing, so now your brother gets the treat that everyone always gets yep. every day, and you don't get that treat. <laughs> yep. Okay, let me think of this through. So, so right outside the door, you've got a little ring camera that has the floodlight on it, oh. um, which is like you know, it's the standard one. Um, you put keep sparklers out. <laughs> you put that right outside, aiming like not into their room, but out of their room. So yeah. as soon as someone leaves that room, they're fucked. They're fucked. I like this. I'm doing it. You can you can set like times for it, you know? So it's only active at whatever, 8.30 p.m. until 8 in the morning. And then, yeah, if, if there's any event, you can call it whatever you want, then it's like whoever's on that camera doesn't get the thing yep. that everybody gets. We did it yeah. today where like Ellis gets the toy, you don't. Like he's not deterred. Like he just wants to sleep in my bed. So he does. So he doesn't respond to toys. What about? I mean, <sighs> that's like the only currency at candy. What about like? Does he have like phones and stuff like iPads or whatever? Like yeah, but I only let them do it when we're on airplanes. Oh. It's Is not it, a regular gotcha. treat. Is it too mean? Yeah, I feel like even just about to say, that, but like. You know, say each kid gets five hugs at a time. Oh, my God. God. Yep. That's All right. Horrible. I'm going to go ahead and Jesus pump the brakes Christ. on this. I'm going to go ahead and pump the brakes. I'm going to backpedal. And I'm just going to say <laughs> oh they each get the same amount of hugs no matter what. Yeah, I'm love turn my is, bro. <laughs> Mommy doesn't love you as much now. Good. <laughs> you know what happens. You are ice cold. <laughs> brutal. Jesus. No my job. gift, my curse. Yep. <laughs> that was horrible. Uh, it probably worked though. Yeah, incentives aren't working, so I do need to use a uh, brute force. Incentives are out the window. There, there's a time when you must assert your will. But so, so if you <sighs> if you did, then so then what's the punishment if he gets out of that? If you see the thing no on, treats. on the camera, he fucking that's freaks. What it is? If I can't, if he can't have sugar. Oh, okay. Day. Well, then yeah. Yeah. Okay, there it no is. Fucking treats.
It is. You, you showed up on the camera, and good. you'll have proof. You'll be like, see? Like, look, you got it right here. <laughs> fucking red-handed, bro. You guys are fucking silly. Okay. Like, what if, what if yeah. actually, what if you locked your door, and then uh, you just put baby gates, like, at the top of the stairs, so really, if they get out of the room, they could really only get into the hallway. So then mm. it's still like they're kind of like it's still keeping them from going inside your room. Just not on their door right. necessarily. I know because I don't um, they're on the same floor as me now. So I'm trying to think how to. Oh, because they'd probably I, still I, knock I, and shit. I think I'm going to just try the threat of the gates tonight because at this level, Julian is really looking for me to put the hammer down. That's what that's also a little bit what this is, I think, is a boundary thing. Like, will I put the hammer down? And they'll be like, bro, do you want those? You want me to put the gates back up? I will. No. And that'll stop it. I have a feeling I just have to threaten him with gates. Well, as a kid who never had actual boundaries, let me just tell you, you better follow through. Oh, I do I all do the time. Okay. I okay. do. Well, because you, you said you threatened those before, but. No, no, in the past. Yeah. So, so what happened was I put them up uh-huh. and then all I had to do was threaten him with, with closing them and they totally worked. So I never actually had to close them. I just had to visually have the deterrent up. It's the Panopticon. Have you heard of the Panopticon? No. Ah. Um, Foucault. Yeah, I've talked about this, I'm sure, a million times. Okay, the Panopticon. This is a great theory, too. Uh, Jeremy Bentham was the first person to come up with the Panopticon. It's this idea that a prison, see, that's the prison, and in the center, it's a circular prison, and in the center is a tower, okay? And the threat of deterrence, the threat of somebody watching, of just being in the tower, was enough to stop people from behaving poorly. So it's just the threat of deterrence that works with this kid. So I think if I, if I, if I just threat, <laughs> just issue some threats for deterrence. So there you go. Yeah, the ring camera is the panopticon. All right. I'm, uh, I'm bored. I don't want to talk about this anymore. Let's talk about the fact that I haven't drank alcohol in a week. Yes, and I've, I'm down a pound. I'm so excited. I'm trying to lose weight for this thing I'm doing. And then, um, oh, thank you. Thank you. You know what sucks, though, is that it's my main way of coping with life. And, like, I, especially the stresses of motherhood. But now, here's the deal. I feel better overall. I feel more, like, even keel overall, right? But then I'm like, ugh. Like, I, like Nadav, okay, so you smoke pot. Sure do. <laughs> Blaze it, homie. Blaze it. Does anybody in that room go to sleep unassisted? Uh, yeah, I I sleep fine. Sober? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, really? Zola, Zola. Zola. Solo. So these does too. Yeah. Well, okay. Okay. So what's this? How do you not? I'm, I do you not get keyed up, and then you not do you not drink? Uh, not like frequently. Not I'm not like a drunk, you know. But I'll drink, you know. I'll have a couple drinks a day. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, a day. Well, see, that's yeah. what I was doing. So, yeah, that, that's, that that's is an unassisted. No, but I don't drink to sleep, though. I'm saying I'll drink in a day. I thought you were saying, do you drink at all? No, right, but even, like, having a couple beers after work kind of already starts taking it out of you to the point where it's yeah. easier to sleep. Oh, when you I don't s- know my brain. That's not how my brain works. It doesn't oh. put me to sleep at all. I'm fucking, I'm firing all the time, like... Yeah, no, drinks drinks don't do nothing to me. Like right, maybe Zolo's See, brain is but, the one. But we this want is out. the thing I'm saying is that I only drank two drinks a night just to mellow out and get over the the problem of motherhood, essentially to cope with motherhood because it's so draining and exhausting. Sure, I can only imagine. And it's horrible. So I was drinking just to cope with that, and then like 
I I just was like, well, I want to stop being, I want to lose weight. So I had to stop drinking so I could lose weight. But then like, oh, my life is so boring without alcohol. So Zolo, you, you mean to tell me you don't drink? At, like, what do you do when you get home from work? Do you take pills? Do you smoke pot to go to sleep at night, to relax, to wind down? What do no. normal people do? Oh. And, I mean, I, I drink occasionally, but not never to fall asleep. Like, and, and not every day. Like, I only drink socially. Wow. What's that like? <laughs> um, I honestly can't remember a time when I only drank socially. Okay, so... Well, you know, honestly, I mean, Zola, I don't know if you're like me, but does drinking help you in that way? Because I think that's the difference is I tried drinking to, like, solve problems, and it never did for me. It was always, like, for fun. See, drinking works for me. Like, it, it, stops, it stops the bad thoughts, the oh. stress thoughts. Oh, it just wow. kind of goes, ee, then I go, like, ah, oh, good night, you know? Like, it just takes the edge off a lot. It's definitely a stress reliever for me. I don't know if yeah. it would put me to sleep. I'd probably need a lot to put me to sleep. Really? Yeah, I think so. Jeez. Like forcefully? Yeah. yeah. yeah well, like I'm not saying like passing out. It just relaxes me. And then like all of a sudden like problems go bye-bye. You know what I mean? Like, oh, happy time. Maybe. Maybe a little bit. But uh, Okay, yeah, so yeah. you come home from work. What do you do? Um, I, I usually go to the gym or go for a run or something. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I try to do other things to kind of wind me down. That's smart. That's <laughs> nice. <laughs> not the answer you wanted to hear. That's terrible. Yeah, sorry, That's I'm kind of boring. Go that for is a 15 not, minute walk. Fuck that. And yeah. by the way, I can't. Like, I come through the door and I've got two little beings that want my attention immediately. You can get a treadmill. There's, I have I have the elliptical. You could drink on the treadmill like Bert. <laughs> he does that? Yeah. Yeah, he pounds bottles of wine on the treadmill. Yeah, Ugh. no matter what he's doing. Yeah, see, I'm not Bert. I'm just like, I, t- I need something to take the edge off. You know? I get that. that Where's that CBD at? Make me fat. Yeah, CBD. Yeah. That's what I'm going to try. There you go. Because I can't eat to to make the bad feelings go bye-bye. I can't drink to make the bad feelings go bye-bye. To self-soothe, as they say. You used to be doing CBD, right? Like, what, what happened to that? I know. I forgot about it. Oh. Okay. Good call, Annie. I will do that. I will go. start taking CBD. Boom. Oh, yeah. Problem solved. <sighs> Boom. I got your boyfriend. I got your man. What was I thinking about? I was thinking about Vince Lombardi on the way in. And um, it's funny. So so I was thinking about how our culture fet, fet, fetishizes, fetishizes fetishizes the um the working male the i the 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 american man who puts his ambition his career his drive his achievements above any other priority and achieves the most um i was watching this documentary about vince lombardi uh years ago and and it's really stuck with me forever because the game was so important to this man, football. It was He was obsessed with being a great football coach. He devoted every minute of his waking existence to being a coach. Um, the, the wife knew that come Sunday or whenever I think game day was for him that he was going to be a mess and the whole family had to tiptoe around his moods because if he lost, he was a monster. If he was happy, he wasn't actually happy because – you know, he's worried about the next game and his all his energy and devotion was to the game of football. 
Um, and really, when you listen carefully to this documentary, kind of an, a neg- um, neglectful piece of shit to his family. And same goes for Johnny Carson and all these men that are memorialized as big, big achievers often have horrible home lives, children that they've neglected for decades, wives that are just waiting for them to, to be normal and tip, tiptoe around, you know, dad's moods and such. And I was like, so what's the payoff, Vince Lombardi, so that you die early, prematurely, probably of a heart attack from the stress of working as hard as you have your entire life. And maybe after you die, maybe, maybe a decade goes by and people remember your name. But truly, not so much after that. Do you guys know Vince Lombardi? Uh, um, I was never big into football. Okay, so that's so a no. no. Yeah. So Nadav, who's 30, what? Three. Three, doesn't know Vince Lombardi. Any? No, I do not. You don't know Vince Lombardi. Okay. So arguably one of the greatest football coaches of all time. And it got me to thinking of like, okay, so fucking what? And why are we, what is this glory that men have to achieving so much? Is it to get immortality? Because I look at my husband who's absolutely just destroying himself on the road. And I'm like, I get it. I get in our business. It's a little different. Like you have a window, you make your money. And then that's it. You know, you're only hot for like a spell. So I, I get this. But I'm talking about guys that are like lifelong. I got to fucking do this to the detriment of everything else in my life. And I was just thinking like, we should not be <laughs> praising. But Johnny Carson, by the way, colossal piece of shit. Go ahead and Google Johnny Carson. Arguably the greatest, I think, late night um, host of of all time i think he's in he was infinitely talented i think he was married like seven times um alcoholic duis again stories about carson coming home and totally ignoring his children and wife like <laughs> i'm not saying my, my husband does none of these behaviors by the way like he comes home and he's a good father and a good husband but i mean this mythology of the hard-working man and then they die early and they often die of, um, they get brain problems from being stressed out for so many years. And I just think it's really sad. And I, I'm, oh, that blonde chick, she's gorgeous. And this is, by the way, who's this chick? Is that Farah? No, she's not that pretty. She looks like a junkie. And I don't think she'd be that old back then. Hmm. This is back when people got big naturals and they were real. <laughs> this is like if you were good looking in 1979 or 80 like that's genetics bro that's not kardashian injections that's like real deal um but yeah like i think i think we need to start also calling dudes out on like yeah okay so you accomplished great things like for instance i was watching a documentary about um robin williams and it was like the real Robin Williams. And I was like, great, let's hear about mental illness. I want to hear about all this weird shit he was into. Did he die jerking off? Like what? Because I think he did, right? Like no. he <laughs> no, choked he himself didn't. from he, the doorknob. He killed himself because he had the early onsets of very aggressive dementia. Oh, <laughs> again, from probably working like a horse his whole life, being treated like a, a whatever and getting his worth from doing he's a human doing not a human being as they say but 
Oh, Robin Williams, same. Horrible parent, horrible piece of shit dad. Like his son is just, they interview his son and his son was devastated. He's like, I just, I just wish he could have just been around and just been my dad and not have to entertain people and me all the time. It was like, anyway, the point of the story is when I was on ketamine (laughs) and I had a very meaningful vision quest and I just, I'm telling you guys, I, I was on my deathbed essentially on ketamine, you know, and you, I saw it. I, I fucking got it. I was like, oh, none of this matters except for your children and the people you love. Like, seriously? I w- was on my ketamine deathbed and I wasn't going like, gosh, I, you know, I'm so happy I was famous or I'm so glad I made a lot of money. Like, none of that was even in the in the realm of meaning, of meaningful. Right. You know what I mean? Like, none of it, bro. I assure you. Right, it's it's you value the meaningful relationships that you've built more yeah. than the things you've acquired. And I can't imagine that Vince Lombardi on his deathbed was like, I'm so stoked I worked so hard as a football coach. It's like, really? I mean, maybe he did. Do men, you tell me, you guys are, I'm sorry, not men, people with penises in the booth. We <laughs> stop using that hateful language, men and women. Yeah, my gender is Jew. Ugh. Um, but uh, I don't know, like, I think, I mean, even... Like, is this a difference between the sexes where I'm like, I don't fucking understand that at all? Um, well, I'm, I know that what drives me to be successful is so that I could not have a difficult life yeah. in the immediate future. Yes. But I think, like, like, for example, I mean, like, I fucked myself up. Like, whenever I tore my ACL or I had diverticulitis, like, <laughs> it's always... Those are major, by the way. Yep, all in my early 20s. And it's... <laughs> <laughs> Those are major problems. Yeah, no, yeah. Life... Those are like 70-year-old problems. Yeah, I had two years of my life taken away from me. Oh, god. <laughs> yeah, it fucking sucked. Like, right when I was done with one, the other one started. So yeah. it, was, it was just terrible. And uh... But yeah, I remember just being most thankful that like, holy shit, I'm so lucky that I have people around me to take care of me. Yeah. And that like love me enough because my biggest thing is always being a burden on someone and when someone is still willing to accept you as a burden you're like "Ooh, i did something right you know like i'm not such a piece of shit that i'm not worth being a burden yeah that's so true when that's already my biggest nightmare i know i know it's my biggest nightmare too like i like when i get old i'm just gonna check myself into this retirement home i saw um, a documentary on in florida where they party and they just fucking it's like margaritaville for oldies oh, fuck yeah and then they mm-hmm. like invent new stds while mm-hmm. they're over there and yeah shit. <laughs> i'm just gonna fuck i'm sure tom will die before me and then i'll just go fuck in this retirement home um but i will not burden i you know what's interesting i think maybe too this is a function of my age because for me it was all about the hustle like all about the hustle and and making it and really important and then i had kids and i was like okay, the hustle is real. Like you do need to make a living to have kids. This is very real. And then it goes like, okay, well, we did that. Now what? Is that all there is? Is that all there is? You know, I keep finding myself every decade being like, is that all there is? Oh, fuck, that's all there is. It's a joke. It's a cosmic fucking joke. Everything is, you know? Isn't it? Yeah. And you're like, oh, I thought that was so important. Ah, it doesn't matter. <laughs> right. <laughs> so little really It's matter. a real bummer when you figure that out. <laughs> Because like whenever you freak out, there's 
there's always like the is this going to matter tomorrow? Is this going to nah. matter next week? Is this going to matter next month? Next year? Five years? Ten years? And you're like, oh, fucking the answer to literally everything <laughs> that you asked it about is no. Yeah. I don't know. That, that's interesting that it stresses you guys out or that it's a bummer for you guys. That, that <laughs> frees me. That makes me feel so free because it's like, well, then I could just do whatever I want. Yeah. So this life is whatever I want it to be. 100%. You know? so, so the converse of that, I think because as a human, you think you're so permanent and you think you're so special and you think, because by the way, that's the narrative now, right? You're so special. Everything you do is ama- like you tell kids now that they're special 5,000 times a day supposedly to build their self-esteem, which I think we all fucking know that's not going to... If someone tells you how great you are, you just go, no, shut up. That's not true, right? You have to earn it. You have to do things that make you feel like you've earned it. Well, I think even if... I mean, maybe I'm just a special case. I'm never okay with hearing that. No, it's terrible. (laughs) Yeah, it sucks. (laughs) It sucks because... I don't... Okay, like I was thinking about participation awards. Like, why do I fucking hate them so much? And there's a, there's many reasons, okay? Number because one, you achieved. Yeah. Well, number one, the participation award is a logical fallacy, okay? If everyone is a winner, then no one's a winner. You get it? If everything mm. is an emergency, then nothing is an emergency. It's a logical fucking fallacy. Not everybody is a winner. Therefore, there's, there's no such thing as a winner if everybody wins, right? Number well, two, it also diminishes... The value of the guy or girl, or I'm sorry, person with a vagina, person with a penis, who actually achieved the most. So now you're dimin- you're taking from them. And number three, I got I got a merit award once for um, a spelling bee in like second grade, and my mom framed it. I think because she didn't understand what the word merit like merit award <laughs> meant, like she thought it was a real award. And I remember feeling so slapped in the face. Like, you fucking framed a participation award? Because I knew in my heart, I knew it. I was like, this is fraudulent. And this is in the 80s when, like, they just started doing I was like, this doesn't fucking matter. This doesn't feel good. This mediocre award. You know what I'm saying? Like, not everybody just gets recognition or gets love. You have to earn love. You have to earn no? No, you have to um You know, like I got, I did get one. I felt very fucking cheated. Well, yeah. It felt wrong. It felt fra- fake. Cuz it's also, I don't know if you saw the stacks that like when you got a merit award. Are you talking about like the ribbons? No, not even that. Yeah, ribbons were gay as fuck, but like the the merit <laughs> award like they give you like a blue paper. Right. And you're like this is garbage. This is nothing. Cuz I remember like with ours, like I think it was like how many books you read throughout the year or some bullshit. Yeah. And they had a huge fucking stack of greenies that are just the participation ones. And then like a stack of reds that are like second place and then like blues that are the smallest amount. You're like, well, the blue one's the only one that matters. Like why are we even, like everyone's getting a green one. This fucking sucks. You know it, right? As, yeah. a, as a kid, you understand the, the hierarchy right? Children respect hierarchy. They respect it. They like it. They thrive on it. Ellis loves competing. He gets it, dude. So to take that away from a kid of like, nah, fuck that. Next year I'm getting blue. You know? Yeah. You're taking that drive from them. I don't know, but we're so dysfunctional. (laughs) That's true. I don't think you and me are good uh, (laughs) good case studies. (laughs) What do you think, Annie? Oh, so you go to Annie? (laughs) Because... 
he's fucked up too. So I, I always compare my fucked up with his fucked up and your fucked up. Like, have you ever gotten a merit award? Doesn't isn't there no worse feeling than a fucking participation award? Um, I don't think I ever got one. No, we. Oh, it's horrible. Yeah, no, I only fucking win, so I've never. No, I'm just. <laughs> 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 uh, all I do is win. Winning's the best. Winning's the best. Uh, yeah. yeah, sick, sick, sick. Um, <laughs> no, I, I think. Um, I mean, the argument that that you're making is kind of. Like, I mean, it's a capitalistic way of thinking, right? It's like there there needs to be winners because what you said is right. That if there are no winners, then there are no. Or if everyone's, everyone's a, winner, a winner, then no one is a winner. Then no one's a winner. However, if no one's a winner, then no one's a loser. So mm. I think that what you all your you're just arguing I, ideologies you know it's like some people want it that way where nobody loses and that's like a socialist type of then everybody go move to fucking amsterdam i okay? mean that's kind of what you're what get out of here that's what your argument is yeah it's like get out of here this ain't then this america ain't for you bro yeah get the fuck out of here you <laughs> fucking pussy communist go live in, in in russia go go see how that great that is with with putin yeah go to fucking ukraine right now bro go live that life i mean I, unbelievable because yeah, the reality is, even if even if everyone does say that no one's a loser, someone's gonna fucking win. Someone's gonna yeah. come in and win anyway. And <sighs> if everyone is just okay losing, then they're gonna get taken over by a fucking you know Putin winner ass motherfucker because they want to succeed. And that's why I think it bothered you so much is because that's what you wanted to do is achieve and look at you. Of course, you have, because obviously. because of the drive of hey, I listen. Am I a good runner? Never. I'm never gonna be athletic. I'm not gonna be. Um, the best looking. There's always girl, a girl better looking than me, thinner than me, prettier, better teeth, whatever the fuck. Not better teeth. I paid a lot of money for these teeth. These teeth are really good. Um, nah, I'll take that credit. Um, there's always someone better at math. Like I, growing up, I think it's really important to evaluate your weaknesses and your strengths because the sooner you identify what you suck at, you can be like, this is not for me. I'm not going to be an astronaut. Guess what? I'm not going to be a doctor. I'm not going to be an athlete. You just check off these boxes and there's nothing bad about saying, hey, I'm, I'm not good at this. This is not for me. But I am good at blah, 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 blah. Guess what? I can write. I could always, I always did well in English. I was always like in honors English. I could always write. I could always spell. I could always communicate well. That was my one thing. And guess what? That's what I fucking did. But because I could admit to myself that I was a loser a fucking failure <laughs> at math. I was a fucking loser in math. I was a fucking loser in uh, chemistry. I'm a loser at science. I'm a loser in all these things. But so I say, fuck it. I don't even look at it. I go, go, go to where you're good. So I think we're doing kids a huge disservice by, look, just look at yourself. Be honest. You suck at some things. You're good at some other things. Someone's better than you. There's always somebody better than you. What is this shit that everybody's the same? stupid okay. uh, yeah i think that's also good for people though is like yeah you know it's because I, I remember i had one summer where i was a bag boy at a supermarket and it was the worst fucking <laughs> job i leveler. ever had yeah. it's a great level i'm like i never want to do this again and that's always been like the fire under my ass it's like hey you want to go fucking bag groceries at, at vons again or yeah you want to like do shit that you want to do yeah dog do you know that i have i have recurrent nightmares that i'm 20 years old I'm not a comic. I just graduated from college and I have no idea what I'm doing. Like nightmares that I'm going back to that stage of life. <laughs> like, 
because yeah. I'm like, the hustle is real. <laughs> I'm kind of terrified of losing. But I have realized over time, Ooh. though, like that is a nightmare to me, too, because I'm like you guys. I, I like to achieve. I like to be the best yes. as possible, you know? Yes. Um, to live life to its absolute fullest. Yes. But, but I do, I've, there is this, per, the, the, I won't name her, but there's a girl that uh, she used to work at, I used to work at Vaughn's in a Starbucks. Worst experience ever for me, but uh, there was my manager there. I bet she still works there. I went like 15 years after I quit and she was still working there. Oh boy. And I'm telling you though, she looked fine. Like she had a smile on her face. Like she, that's just her life. She's okay with that. Like that, I, I think the people that, that want this, that everybody, you know, is equal and there's, there are no winners, there are no losers are people like that that are cool with, you know, just doing their part. They don't need to fucking fully extend as far as you oh, can possibly no. go. I you think know? That's, that's what us. I, I agree too is like, I don't agree with that. Everybody's a Vince Lombardi. I don't think so, but I think it's important to look at like, for instance, maybe that Starbucks girl went, you know what? Achieving's not for me. I'm not good at stuff. I don't want to do stuff, but it, it probably took away. Like you also have to admit your limitations and be like, it's not for me. I suck at all this. I'm going right. to just do this. I'm going to do this. Like just being able to say I'm good at this. I'm bad at this. I lose at this. I win at this. That's going to make you so much happier being honest with yourself. And if she's happy, then some, some point she was honest with herself. Right. But this horse shit that we're all the same and everybody. It's, no, 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 no. This is a fucking huge fallacy. Because there are some people where it's just like that is their version of happiness. And it's like, of course. and if you're happy, fuck everything that we're saying, you know, like what makes us happy? What makes me happy is different than what makes you happy, Christina, you know, and that yeah. applies outwardly towards everyone. So it's like, it's 100%. not saying that that gig is like, oh, that means that's bottom. It's not. It's not. Because if it works, if it works, if it sounds stupid, but it works, it's not stupid. It's not stupid. And by the way, I've been, I love Starbucks. Greatest job I, I ever had the summer of 1997. I do know what the worst job is. It's cleaning out porta potties. That's the worst job. I saw a guy do it at our house, and I was like, "Whoa, yo, you don't you don't even wear like gloves." <laughs> I was like, "Tom, that's the worst job in the world, cleaning out the shit of a porta potty." Now, granted, I bet you he makes a good living because who the fuck wants to do that job, right? Right, and he probably never gets pink eye because he's, <laughs> he's immune to it. Now. <laughs> or meningitis because yeah. he's already had it. His yeah. body is used to processing that stuff. True that. I put a poll though on on uh, Instagram a while ago. I'm curious what you would think too, because it's I, I made it. I always make it percentages, so it's uh, proportionate to whatever your life is. I put if you were to make fifty percent more than you're making now, would you clean porta potties? Fifty percent more. So that's like a whole whatever. If you make a million a year, that's five hundred grand more a year. <laughs> it's like, um, would you do that? No. Whatever you make. If if you would have asked me this question in 2008, I'd be like, absolutely, bro. Where's the fucking shit puck? Yeah, yes. Would you, would you though? Because I mean, but what you were making in 2008 is not what you're making now. So I like, was making twenty thousand dollars a year in 2008. So I would have gladly thirty paid. grand. Then, here yeah. I come. But yeah, so like so thirty grand, you would fucking clean porta potties back then. It. Really? Wow. You don't understand. Huh. Like to make my dreams come true to be a stand-up comedian, I would have done. I mean, I worked for basically free for a decade. Like I went into severe debt. I I stayed in divey motels and I've had glasses thrown at me. I've had everything, you know? Um, yeah, by any means necessary. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I know. That's pretty surprising. What about, what about you, Nadav? Would you right now? 
fifty percent. No. Not right now, though. I've, no. I have enough money now. Even uh, when I was a when I was a bag boy or, or doing telemarketing in college, if you're like, hey, fifty percent more to do this, I'm like, fuck that. Dude. What if it was five hundred percent more? Ooh, so yeah, that's five times. No. That's good. No, not no. Even, so right now, no. Because I mean, in in I had a sweet gig in college where I was making, I was working for Weed Maps, making weed videos, and like I, I fucking, you think I like weed now? I fucking loved weed back <laughs> then, and it, but it was just unfulfilling. Like either creatively or career wise, like it just wasn't fulfilling oh, and I wait. became depressed fast. But any because here's the deal, man. I see this porta potty gig as like a part time thing. Like I get to have my time to do stand up though, right? <laughs> oh, uh, this is no, this is your job. Oh <laughs> no, then forget job. about it. No, no. If this okay. was like my day job and I could go out at night and do stand up and work towards my real dream. Yeah. Oh, but if I have to give up everything, like, yeah. well, I, I guess it was just that it's full time. So you're working forty hours a week doing X, you know, and like, sure, you could take your nights, but like, you really taking nights after working, That's cleaning porta potties for forty fucking hours a week? I know, I know, I know. It's yeah, exhausting. But I did work a full time job and then do stand up at night. But then yeah. when my boss let me do weekends out when I featured, okay, I gotta <laughs> ask a few questions. <laughs> some context. Okay, uh, let's do some follow ups, you guys. A lot of lot of follow ups. Here we go. Um. Oh, we were discussing about pride parades for children and whether or not it's appropriate for a kindergartner to participate in a uh, pride parade. This person says, hi, mommy. Kids should totally partake in pride parades. Many kids have LGBTQ parents. There's other holidays like Valentine's. I'm sorry, she's misspelled that. Valentine's that have been supportive of straight relationships forever. Time to even out the field, I think. Keep them high and tight. Mars. That's true. Um, or what if we restructured Valentine's to include the gays as well? I think that would be kind of a neato idea. Or if it became like a more of a platonic type of holiday than a romantic one. Wait, how is Valentine's not incorporating gay people already? Oh no, I guess I guess she feels as though it's not. I mean, huh. I never I considered feel- it to. Oh, that's a really good point, Eddie. Exclude. I mean, there's no colors or anything. Like, what what excludes gay people? I mean, I'm no. literally asking. I don't. I can't imagine anything that would. If I was gay, it's just Valentine's. Is like, cool. So now you love your dude on Valentine's. I don't right? know. I don't know. I mean, that makes gay, sense I to me. I think this person is writing in, and that that example is pretty narrow-minded. <laughs> I don't know, but yes, if they have gay parents, I understand LGBTQ parents. But I don't know. To do it in school is what I'm. What my issue was. So maybe if those parents chose to privately take their children to any parade they'd want to, I think that would be okay. But I don't know. So maybe, I don't know. Dude. Anyway, good other perspective. Oh, gosh, here's a great follow-up, you guys. So Bert and Ernie, you know, so I, I was so fucking, um, some fucking cunt in the comments was like, puppets don't have genitals, Bert and Ernie aren't gay. Like, totally lit me up. And I, I was like, this puppets is- don't have organs, they still eat. Yeah, it's just stupid. Like they, that's so dumb. Anyway, and they bathe. Oh, really? Fuck nuts. What are they washing? Their imaginary dicks, you shithead. So I got so fired up, and I was like, Tom, this motherfucker is trying to tell me that that Bert and Ernie don't have genitals. He's like, babe, they came out. They came out in 2018. I was like, what? He goes, yeah, 2018. The creator said, uh, yes, that Bert and Ernie are gay. Can you Google this because? I know. I was like, oh, shit. I got a fucking joke in my act about how they're still not gay. This is not going to go wrong. 
Oh, that's not true. The Gay Star News reported that fans reacted Indeed, a gay couple, says Sesame Street writer. Here we go, 2018. Oh, snap. Bert and Ernie are indeed a gay couple. Former Sesame Street writer Mark Salzman said Bert and Ernie's relationship was modeled after his own with his life partner Arnold Glassman. Oh, how cute. Okay, here we go. Iconic Sesame Street puppets Bert and Ernie are a couple, according to a former writer for the show. In an exclusive interview with the blog Queer Tea, Mark Salzman said he felt that when he was writing Bert and Ernie, he was writing them as a couple and basing their interactions on his own experiences. I always felt that without a huge agenda when I was writing Bert and Ernie, they were, Saltzman told Queerty. I didn't have any other way to contextualize them. The other thing was more than one person referred to Arnie and I as Bert and Ernie. However, Sesame Workshop, which produces the show, denies the pair are together, saying they have no sexual orientation but are best friends. As we have always said, Bert and Ernie are best friends. They were created to teach preschoolers that people can be good friends with those who are very different from themselves, even though they are identified as male characters and possess many human traits and characteristics, they remain puppets and do not have a sexual orientation, the workshop said in a statement uh, to NBC News. Saltzman, who wrote Sesame Street from 1981 till 1990, said the duo's relationship was modeled after his own life. The film editor, Arnold Glassman, who was Saltzman's partner until Glassman's death in 03. So whether or not whether or not um, Sesame Street will confirm or deny that if the writer is telling you, hey, I modeled this after my gay relationship with my lifetime partner. Guess what, motherfucker? They have genitals and they butt fuck every night. OK, so shut up and don't comment on that. Don't you fucking comment. Stupid idiot. OK, let's do a voicemail. Hi, mommies. This is uh, a listener from Northern California, and I just wanted to share my reaction to your episode 137 that just came out um, in consideration to the teaching the kindergarten kin- kindergartners about sexuality and stuff. Great. Um, and one of the booth boys was talking about how if these labels were as prominent as they are these days back then, then he probably would have identified differently. And I that brought up um, something that I experienced as well when I was a kid. I am now bisexual and non-binary, and I've taken probably the better half of a decade to figure that out. Um, and, yeah, as a kid, it doesn't really matter if the labels are available to you or not. There's the confusing feelings about your body and puberty and growing up in the first place are already hard enough to navigate. And then you're like, wait, what the fuck? I like girls. And I'm also, like, I also don't feel like a girl completely. Like, what the fuck is going on? So a lot of that, I was just like, eh, that's a problem for another day. So I feel like even if I were to be presented with those labels and all that information as a child, it would still be way too overwhelming to actually process. Mm. Uh, love you guys. Interesting. Piss on me, beat me. <laughs> Piss on me. So there's from straight from the non-binary lesbian's mouth, you guys, that even – as a kindergartner, it would have been overwhelming. So really interesting. I wonder, because I don't know if kids understand all these labels, but um, I think just having an openness maybe to whatever a kid tells you is, is okay. Not not, yeah. not beating them down. And, you know, my kids have said stuff like, I, I want to marry, I think Ellis was like, I want to marry Nico. 
in his class. And I was like, all right, you can, <laughs> you know, whatever. Okay. Let, do you have another voicemail follow up, Gene? I do. Let's go. Hi, Mommy Jean. This is Rachel from Ohio. Hi, Rachel. I was just calling in after listening to the Off the Rails episode. Well, I'm still listening to it, but I never agreed with the dog ever. Uh-oh. And for once, I do. The oh. burnt, extra crispy, flavorful nut is the best one. Wow. The best one always. And second, um, in case you've never thought about doing this, Take your Cole Ranch Doritos and dip them in French onion dip. Wow. For some reason, I thought you could only dip those, like, ruffled, clean potato chips yeah. in French onion dip. And try it with your Cole Ranch Doritos. It's 15 out of 10. Wow. Thanks, Mommy. Love you. Wow. I never even thought of that, that you could dip a flavored chip into a dip. Did you guys even know you could do that? That's against the rules. I just learned recently that I'm allowed to buy French onion dip. <laughs> I thought that's something that's only available at parties that you yes. go to if you're lucky. I agree with you. I just learned that about eight years ago, too. Or bean dip or like any seven layer right. dip. You're yeah. just like, ooh, I hope they have French onion dip at this spot <laughs> I'm going to. It's like reserved for Super Bowl parties only. <laughs> this is so true. Yeah, I was the same way for the longest time. Wait, and you, okay, I'll take it a step further. Uh-huh. Do you know that you can make your own French onion dip? Shut the fuck up. You can make it. There, they have, it has a recipe? Yeah. You can buy the flavor packet and then you just add like sour cream and that's it, bruh. And then you can do that shit at home. So you can make it as oniony or not as oniony. You can control oh the onion to God. cream ratio, homie. Yo, you could put cream cheese in there. Damn. I can make a better French onion dip. Yo, you can make it. So I love French onion dip. I didn't realize how much I liked it until right now, actually. Christina, like, I'm not even kidding. Like, less than 12 months ago, I realized it. Like, <laughs> remember when you guys were like, hey, guys, go spend a week in Austin and see if you like it. Find some spots. Yeah. So you, like, you put us, like, uh, we were in, I was in a hotel for, like, the longest I've ever been. I'm like, oh, my God, what am I... Like, so I'm just going to eat out every meal. Like, I'm not going to have anything to... Yeah. And I take a lap in a grocery store. And I'm like, oh, oh French onion dip. They have that here? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh, I wish I could get it. And then I was yeah. like, wait a second. I could get it. And then I did. And I pretty much just had French onion dip as a meal for like oh three of the meals while I was out here. Yeah. I can fucking live off of French onion dip. And if I think I did in 2007, I would just go... So Kroger's or sorry, Publix is the name of the grocery store like in Florida where I featured a lot. And um, they have the best, the best French onion dip at fucking Publix in Florida. And I would buy that and then just like a bag of vegetables and just live off of that when I was so broke. And it ugh, that sustained me. I just love so French onion. It's so I could put it on like anything. Sometimes I would just eat it on bread, French onion dip, or eat it like... You can dip anything in it. It's so good. Yeah, that's the thing with dip. You can dip whatever you but want. But bro, have you fucking put anything in there? Mm. Have you? <laughs> but have you ever dipped a Cool Ranch chip into something different? I, I've never even thought of this. I thought it was. I thought the flavor options were all filled up. Yeah. When it comes to flavor, it's just like, hey, this is nacho cheese. This yeah. is like This is what it's gonna taste like. That's what I'm saying. Fucking you can. Crazy. You can. You can nuance the flavor profile. Shit. Man, I just got Fucking like normal a. ruffles when I got the French onion dip. I'm like, I could have gotten cheddar. 
Yeah. I didn't know I could dip cheddar in the... In the oh, my God. You know? I just figured that out, too. Okay, so apropos this discussion, this is a chip follow-up. Um, hey, Christine. So I used to work for a marketing firm, and Frito-Lay was our biggest client. Oh, my God. It's inside knowledge. Are you ready for this? Oh, the, boy. Are you ready for this? Give it to me. The baked version of any of their chips are just the crumbs of the original chips mixed with a gummy paste. What? They are literally the hot dog of chips. Definitely not any healthier. Touch my Cheetos through the fence. I don't like that. Dude, so what he's saying is the baked is like the remnants of the fucking fried crumbs. That's the Wendy's move. What do you mean? The went like Wendy's when they when they uh what is it? They cook the grease and they put the grease as chili. The grease from the 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 grill, they like <sighs> use that as like chili or some shit. That's the Wendy's move. Yeah. yeah. I think I'm mad. <laughs> I'm mad too because the whole premise is that it's baked not fried. Right. However, if 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 the chip is composed of fried pieces of chip, how is this baked? Because you bake it after Fucking you injustice. glue it together to like cure the the chip glue uh, this is upsetting this is really upsetting we should do something let's but fucking I burn it down don't want to do anything about this this is like do you know what i realized too mm-hmm. uh, i went to dunkin donuts which i fucking pff, hate dunkin but i had no other options and i like that bagel that's like um no the donut that's like the everything donut do you know what i'm talking about the crumb no. It's like the crumb donut. And I came to the conclusion that the crumb donut is like the whore of the donut world because all the other donuts just come on that donut. That's what that is, is it's the, it's the crumbs. That's it. That's it. And that's the best. That's my favorite one. And that's like the whore of the donut world. Like they literally take that donut and then mash it in all the crumbs of the remnants oh, of the other the donuts. the streetwalker of the donuts. Yeah. And it's my favorite one. It's so good. Mm. Oh, God. I love shitty things. All right. Uh, I like knowing these secrets. Um, write in and let me know about the everything donut. <laughs> How disgusting it is. Where my mom's at at gmail.com. Leave me a voicemail at 213-375-5184. Um... Yeah. And how so how do you feel about merit awards? I'm curious to see what the parents out there generally people I talk to are like, nah, shit's bullshit. Um, but then again, I probably only talk to Gen Xers like me. So we'll see. Uh okay, I love you guys. Subscribe to my channel. Thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. And I love you and I'll see you on the road. Okay, bye, jeans. Until next time, stay cool, moms. Bye. Where my mom's where my mom's where my mom's at. Where my mom's wearing thongs, hitting bongs at. Raising kids, cleaning shits, need a long nap. Where my mom's, where my mom's, where my mom's at. Where my mom's at podcast. With Christina P.